0: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Double Coverage podcast. I'm your host Stacy Blackwood here with my co-host Jake Thomas. Jake, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing
1: fantastic. Got a little weekend getaway here up in the mountains, of Gatlinburg and vision forward so I've been enjoying it the past couple of days.
0: Well, that's good. It's always good to get away for the weekend. Oh yeah. Uh we're excited to bring another episode here. Uh you know, we got a few things to talk about, you know, what? Albums hadn't played in a couple of weeks now, and it's I've been kind of lonely without them. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but also it's been nice to kind of be able to relax on Saturday a little bit and, and not be so uh, stressed out's not the right word, but not to be, I guess so anxious about about the football game. But uh, we're going to cover a variety of things in this episode. Uh, we each kind of have a have a rant, so to speak, that we're going to kind of go off on. For a few minutes, uh, we're going to talk about the the Heisman Trophy. Did they get the Did they get it right? Uh, we're going to talk about some of the of the bowl games that we find interesting. You know, not the playoff games, but 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 just the regular bowl games. And uh, we may even talk a little bit about the coaching moves that has been made uh, around the Alabama coaching staff. So with that, I'm going to hand it off to Jake and, and kind of let him uh, take over.
1: Yeah, you know, a um, couple
0: – our last round,
1: it's been about a month or two now, um, you know, I got – I was hammering the Braves. Well, I'm just going to hammer them again because, you know, it's just the, the small stuff that they're doing uh, this off season. They're not improving the team. And everybody has seen that the East, NL East, has gotten better. I mean, uh, the Mets have gone after Robinson know He's a good hitter. You know, one of the, probably one of the uh, best second basemen that's, that's come through the last 15 years you know he's uh, he's really good uh philadelphia they still got plenty of room to you know i made a big trade the other day um but they they still have room to sign either machado or harper so i mean they're gonna get better um marlins are still the marlins but but um but uh the Mets, the phillies and uh washington they can still sign harper back and they got a good young team and still got that that dynamic pitching staff with Serger and Strasburg. So I mean they're still gonna be a threat too if they put the pieces together. But but Atlantis has stayed stagnant to me. They signed and everybody's like, well they got Josh Donaldson. Donaldson only played seven like seventy-three games last year, I think total. Might have a little bit more than that, give or take. But he he's injured. He's an injury bug. And and we have we had a young guy who Progress in the second half last year, in Johan Camargo, and you know he he had a terrible first half. I was on him real bad about it, but you know in the second half he was pretty much uh, a, a spark for the offense. And uh, he didn't have a good playoff game, but but he's still young. He's gonna he's going to improve. I didn't really want to spend twenty three millions on an injury bug when when we really didn't need. Uh, a third baseman again with and we also still got austin riley in the minors uh we need a rock right fielder we need pop i wanted to spend that money on harper or or a good a trade for a good rock right fielder another thing I popped up this past week was um we're looking at uh, getting an ace well yeah the Brays need an ace you know we talked about that um you know faulty came into his own last year but he's he's at best uh, his his uh, upside is probably a number two guy. Right. If if he had a good ace in front of him, he could he could flourish, I believe. But uh, well, everybody's like, well, they're, they're looking at Dallas Kucher. Uh, well, Kucher, his first year was in 2012. He only pitched 85 innings, but he had a 5.27 ERA. He's young. Okay, that's fine. His second year, 5.15 ERA. It got better. 2014 is 2.93. 2015, his saw young year he was 2.48 that's great that's awesome. okay he's improving the year after that 4.55 and in the last 3 years he has a, a 3.73 or ERA and a 35 and a 28 record and he's only finished um, three three of his seven years has been below a 3 ERA that's not that's not a status to me nope. i mean I, I may be too hard on that but baseballreference.com has projected him to go 11 to 9 with a 371 ERA next year. The Braves really want that? I mean, you figure an ace, you want your ace to go out and get 13, 15, maybe 16, 17 wins for you, you know, and have a 250 to 290 ERA, you know, somebody you can depend on, you know, week in and week out. If I wanted my ace to have a 373 ERA, I would have said that Helio Toronto to the ace of the, of the staff, you know. Yeah. Yeah. His is in the fours. Um, you know, I, I believe that we, if we really want to contend, we've got to have a true ace. You know, to go with Folty, we got Soroka coming back. We got Tukey, who looks amazing from a little bit we've seen. Which we still got to figure out what we're going to do with nuke them. You know, he's up and down a lot. Last year, he had flashes, especially against uh, the Dodgers when when he had a note here to go in the ninth. then the next game, he just blew it. I mean, I, I mean, he's he's all over the place. Um, but And then we also signed Brian McCann. I'm mad about that. Yeah, it's a feel-good story, but I don't want feel-good stories. I want, you know, being a Braves fan, I want a championship. And it just seems like this franchise is always going after the feel-good story instead of contending for, for the World Series title
0: like they should be. Yeah, you know, kind of to, to add on to that, it seems like the Braves are okay with just sticking with the young talent they have and seeing what – they can do with right. that and just adding a few small pieces instead of trying to make a big splash sign right but you know the, the donaldson thing is really and he may wind up being playing really well for the braves this year but it like I yeah. said it wasn't really a position of need especially the way uh camargo finished the season yes and uh you know it just it's just kind of I don't know. It just leaves a bad taste in your mouth as a Braves fan, knowing what what the, this team's potential is with the young mm-hmm. talent. If you sprinkled yeah. in some veteran leadership and an ace on this on the pitching staff, what what the what the what this team could do in, in the postseason, yeah. and uh, and you played yeah. against the Dodgers, they were they were a, an ace away, and maybe a, another big bat in the lineup away from being able to contend for the National League. Yeah, and one more thing to add. Um, you know, I I love
1: the Braves, and but you know we we know they they don't like spend money. Well, and you know we have like you said we got a, young, a good young Nicholas, but in twenty twenty four Akuna comes off the books, and so does Freddie Freeman. I believe Albies as well. I money mean, that they that we've got to keep them somebody, and probably going to be, you know, it's probably. But but, I mean, I just hope that the Braves find a way to to spend that money and you know go after and keep our nucleus that we got. But we'll, you know, time will tell.
0: Right. Yeah. It'll be, you know, obviously this it's a long offseason and and other things could happen. But right now, it doesn't seem like the Braves are going to have that, you know, splash sign in the free agency market. Yeah. But uh, what's, the, what's your what's your roundabout, buddy? Well, I I just wanted to, you know, especially last week, I can't. I think it was maybe Thursday. There was a lot of talk, or it might have been earlier in the week. Last week, I can't really remember about expanding the playoff and how a lot of the leaders that are on the playoff committee, such as Barry Alvarez and such, have have you know thought that maybe they need to expand the playoff to eight teams, and to me. I like the four-team playoff, and the reason mm-hmm. I like the four-team playoff is because there's, a, there's there's more than one reason, obviously, but the biggest reason is because you want to make sure the championship team at the end of the season is a worthy champion. Right. You don't want to get to where you allow so many teams in the playoff that, you know, if let's just say, for instance, Pittsburgh had upset Clemson in the ACC championship game, And 8-5 and Pitt is in the college football playoff because they get an automatic bid for winning their conference championship. I agree. Not all conference champions are created equal. Mm -hmm. So, to me, when you expand the playoff, you downgrade the meaning uh, behind every regular season game. Like, just for instance, the first first weekend of the year, one of the biggest games was the Washington and, and Auburn game. Uh, in Atlanta, yeah, that was that was built up as a you know, this could be a deciding factor for which one of these teams is in the playoffs. Yep. you know, we didn't expect either team to kind of have the seasons that they had, but you know, on that day it was a massive game. Yes, and if you expand the playoff, you take away from the pageantry, pa- pageantry and the excitement of Saturday's in college football.
1: I agree.
0: I just think that you need to be careful what you wish for. The college football – is is the playoff system perfect right now the way it is? I, no. I don't, I don't think so. I think it could be tweaked a little bit. I think you could make some some different rules and, and maybe follow some different guidelines. But I will say this. To me, if, it, if I had it my way, what I would do is the Power Five conferences would – succeed from the NCAA and make their own college football uh you know power conference or power uh collegiate athletic association or something and they would be the only conferences that were allowed to play in the college football playoff. And if teams like Central Florida want to be a part of that, they can join a conference. That's fine. But to me, I I just I, I would rather it stay the way it is and and people want to say, well, uh, it, it would maybe Alabama wouldn't get. I mean, do they not realize if it's a, if it's an 18 playoff, Alabama's going to get in every to. year. Yeah, I mean, they've all they've already yeah. been in every year, but they're going to get in every year. I mean, how would they feel when a nine and three Alabama team goes to the playoffs and then they win the playoffs? How yeah, stupid exactly. are they going to feel for one 18 playoff then? Yeah, exactly. So, just be careful what you wish for. That's that's yeah. that's really it's not really a rant. It's just kind of. You know, let's don't put the cart before the horse. The fourteen playoff to me is working pretty well. I thought the BCS worked pretty well.
1: I did too. Uh, um, I yeah. want to I want to add something to that if you don't mind. Go ahead. Um, you know I I, I agree with you. You know there might be a little few tweaks that they need to do on the playoff. Um, my biggest issue is, you know, they, they, they need to they need to figure out if it's the four. You know, conference champions are the four best teams because you hear both in on, on each argument. Uh, no doubt in my mind that they want the four best teams. Well, the well, one of the four best teams got put out, and that's Georgia. There's no doubt in my mind that Georgia's one of the four best teams in the country right now. So they need to tweak that just a little bit. If they, if they, either they're going to say the conference champion goes, or the four best teams goes.
0: Well, I, I agree with what you're saying, mm-hmm. and and with my eyes, I agree. That Georgia is probably one of the four best teams in the country, mm-hmm. but that twenty point loss to LSU did happen. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, you got there's a lot of variables, and you have to look at everything, and that's kind of going to lead us into the into the uh, to the, our next topic, which is which is the Heisman Trophy, mm-hmm. and I feel like Tua was completely robbed because of one bad game. Yeah, where he played the entire game with uh, a bad ankle, I I just I just feel like for somebody who had such a substantial lead in the voting, you know, and, and obviously it wasn't the actual voting, but I mean, Vegas knows, and, and and ESPN does a good job with their with their prediction on the Heisman, and he led the whole season, and most of the time it was a it was leading by a landslide, and so one bad game on a bad ankle cost you the Heisman? Yes. I just, I don't see that. I think it was a little, he kind of got robbed for for one bad game. Uh, He played several uh, top 50 defenses. Oklahoma played none. So I I feel like Tua got robbed. Is Kyler Murray a great quarterback and was, he would he be deserving of winning the Heisman on any other year? Yes. But to me, there was no question about it that Tua Tonga Valoa was the most deserving uh, choice to win the Heisman. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Uh, you know, yeah,
1: you're right. Kyler is is a great quarterback, um, but you know, looking through the season, he had a loss to Texas. Yes, he is, he avenged the loss, but Tua went through the whole year, pretty much on a on a bum knee for most of it, and and beat everybody. I mean, he I mean, he was setting. And most games in the second half, when Jalen came in, and uh, I mean, he just took care of business in the first half. Right. He, he played.
0: He played like two hundred and something less snaps. Yes. Than Kyler Murray did.
1: Yeah, I mean, if two would have played all the snaps, what kind of what was his numbers would be? You know, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about.
0: Well, I I seen yeah. something where they where they done the averages, and he, and he would have had around fifty something touchdowns, and and yes. almost uh, four thousand yards passing.
1: Yes, or was exactly.
0: it maybe maybe almost five thousand yards passing? It was it was a ridiculous amount of yards and a ridiculous amount of touchdowns. Yes, and pretty much just played half the season, and it, yeah. Uh, so you're gonna you're gonna. Uh, I, I just I, I don't get it. To me, it was a no brainer,
1: and, and I know
0: that I said in, in in one of the podcasts, I think it was after the uh, the SEC championship game, and you say things, you know, kind of in the heat of the moment. And I was obviously disappointed in the way that Tua played in, in, in the uh in the SC's championship game. And I kinda thought that the voters would, would pick collar over it and I and I, I I understand it, I guess you could say. I just I just don't think it's right. And uh to uh to just use that one game against him yeah. doesn't seem fair to uh to what Tua done the entire the entirety of the season. And like, yeah, you said, his team never lost.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Kyler Murray's team did lose, and you yeah. can say, well, he has a bad defense. Okay, well, why is that to his fault?
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and, um, I think we only we only uh was losing for like what fifty four seconds total the whole season. Yeah. uh I think it was against Ole Miss. You know they they had that first first throw, deep throw, and got a touchdown. Then we come back and blew them out of the water. I mean. So, I mean, Tua took care of business every time he was on the field. Right. And 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 he was actually in the second half of Georgia, he actually uh, started getting a little bit in a better rhythm than he did the first half. He was actually completing some passes and, and everything. But but to, you know, to judge him on on that performance is ludicrous, you know, for the housing vote.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, we're going to move on and, and talk about a few of the bowl games that, you know, we kind of find, I guess you could say, most interesting or kind of have the most intriguing matchups or, you know, just kind of catch our eye. I think a couple of games, and they all involve SEC teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the first game that, that kind of intrigues me is uh, is the Purdue and Auburn game. Yeah. Uh, it's the uh, Music City Bowl up in Nashville. What's really intriguing to me is, is that – Purdue seemed to play up and down this year, according to who their opponent was. Yeah. And I I think Purdue will be ready for this game as far as emotionally and and psychologically. You know, they they kept their coach. Most people thought he'd leave for uh, Louisville. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they got that Rondell Moore. He's one of the most exciting players in the country. You know, they have have that kid, Tyler Trent, that's – you know, suffering from cancer, and he, he's just kind of been a big emotional support for that team, and he's meant a lot to that program this season. And, you know, then you have on the flip side, Auburn, they, the, the I guess, turmoil, so to speak, over Gus Malzahn, and, you know, they, they're keeping him around. They, they really can't afford his buyout if they were being honest. That's what they would say. Yeah. They can't afford to fire him. I mean, they just – you can't afford to pay somebody $32 million to hit the road. It's – that's impossible nah, to do, pretty much. But, uh, you know, most Auburn fans I know want Gus gone. They don't think he's going to get the job done. Uh, he's he's obviously very inconsistent. You know, anytime there's any hype around the program, he just you know he finishes seven five or mm-hmm. or you know. So it's just uh to me it's just intriguing as far as like the way the program. It seems like Purdue may be ascending and that Auburn may be descending. And I think yeah. if Auburn, you know, can can uh, come out and, and kind of establish a new identity offensively, and and th- that's what th- that's their problem. They don't have an identity on offense without Carryon Johnson this season. You know, he was their identity, and we talked about that all year long. How their lack of running game was hurting them against the better teams. Yeah, but you know, this is kind of a to me. Uh, a big moment in Gus Malzahn's career at Auburn. You know, yeah. you can finish the season, you know, with a good taste and, and with a good win and, and feel better going into t- to 2019. But if you take a loss, it just kind of piles on to, to, the, to the already negative narrative surrounding the Auburn football program.
1: Yeah, you're right. And the biggest question is for 2019 for them, if, you know, they just lost out on Kelly Bryant. So who's going to be the quarterback? Right. Um, I think, what is it, Bo Nitz, mm-hmm. uh, uh, my brother-in-law uh, down here with us, uh, you know, he says, I, I think he can come in and, and, and be be a great starter for us. But, I mean, uh, you really want to throw a freshman out. I mean, Alabama did it. But, I mean, as, as apples orange oranges comparison. But, you know, um, is he going to be the guy to lead Auburn back to the glory days? I mean, who knows? But that is a very intriguing matchup for sure. Yeah. what's What's one of yours? Um, mine. Uh, of course, it also involves an, um, an SEC team and uh, the quote-unquote uh, national champions of last year. <laughs> this is and, one of mine uh, as well. Yeah, um, but I mean, be honest. Okay, UCF they had the third best offense in the country, um, but but defense or, or defense is going to be the focus on this game. I think LSU's got stout defense. Uh, the really the big question of this game is going to be can. You know, LSU scored enough to keep up with UCF. I mean, they're, they powerhouse. Obviously, they can go down and score. I mean, they put up, I think they put up 59 against, uh, M- Memphis and, in, in their, uh, conference championship game. That was without their starting quarterback. I mean, that's impressive. I mean, he, I thought he was a glue for that offense, but let's say they got more playmakers than just him. And, uh, but, you know, my, my biggest thing here is, um, you know, if, if they win, are they still going to claim another national championship? <laughs> um, but uh, I, I really think LSU's uh, defense uh, will give them fits for a little while. Or, you know, I think in the fourth quarter is where the game is going to be won. And I think LSU's D is going to make a, make a play in the fourth. But, uh, again, I mean, if UCF wins or even if they lose, they may say, oh, we still won the national championship. but. Who knows? But I think it's a, a very intriguing matchup
0: as well. It, it really is, and and I, I kind of I wish Mackenzie Milton was still healthy for, for Central yeah. Florida. You know, and he's I've heard that he's had problems after his surgery. I think he's had four surgeries now. He's battling an infection in his leg, and obviously yeah. we're praying for him and, and hoping that he can get better because he's Definitely. really fun to watch. He's a talented guy. But uh, but it is really is an intriguing matchup uh, because of the whole the paradox of central Florida versus the power five schools and yeah and it's just uh it'll be fun to watch I kind of wish central Florida would have been matched up with Georgia because I feel like LSU is not really a good matchup for the SEC I mean because LSU struggles to score points and uh they're, they're gonna have to get into the 20s and, and maybe even into the 30s to win this football game. So, it's going to be a really intriguing game. I think LSU will have some success running the ball. I don't know how well they can sustain drives in this game and and, mm-hmm. how, and how well they'll be able to punch the ball into the end zone because they're going to have to score touchdowns. Yeah. That they can't rely on, on the field goal unit to, to win in the game. Obviously, they got a good kicker in Cole Tracy. But, yes. Uh, they're going to have to score some touchdowns and, and they're going to have to make some, some – some plays defensively, you know, maybe, you know, a turnover, a pick, I mean, a pick six or a, you know, a scoop and score or something like that to kind of to kind of flip the game to, to their advantage. But uh, it really is a good matchup. Uh, another, another SEC game that I'm looking forward to is the uh, Florida-Michigan game. Uh, I feel like Michigan is probably going to come out with something to prove the way they finished the regular season against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're a much better team than Florida is right now, but I, I do think Dan Mullen is a good a good enough coach to, to keep this game close. So that that game's intriguing to me. the uh, The Mississippi State and Iowa game is another one that I that I picked out. They're really, I uh, closely identical teams. You know, Iowa always plays tough defense. Mississippi State, to me, is one of the best te- defensive teams in the country. Yes. So I I feel like. Mississippi State may have have the edge in, in that game. But all these games are really good matchups. They're, they're really, you know, a coin flip game. I, I don't – I wouldn't know who to pick. You know, if somebody put a gun up to my head and said, you got to pick a winner, I wouldn't know who to pick.
1: Yeah, you're right. And uh, one more of mine, um, I don't – I'm just interested in it because of, of the status of that program. But UAB in Northern Illinois, you know, like we said, UAB a couple years ago they didn't have a program. And now they just – I think they just had a 10-win season. Uh, and I'm surprised. Uh, Bill Clark just just signed a, uh, an extension, I think a five-year extension. But, you know, that's a testament that he wants to stay with this program. But, I mean, he could be a lot for any big-name school out there. I mean, he is a great coach. And what he's done with this program since, uh, you know, their return has been, been outstanding. It's, it's unbelievable.
0: It, it really has been. And, and I feel like he is committed to UAB – I yeah. think it would have to be, you know, a big time job for for him yeah. to, to leave UAB. But I think I he was connected to the program and, and just committed to what the what they have built there and, and what they're going to build down there in Birmingham. And yep. uh, you know, so we wish him the best. Obviously, he's a, it's a yes. school, so we we uh, we wish the best for that program and, and Bill Clark mm-hmm. and, and I look forward to watching that program grow.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Uh, but before we before we wrap this podcast up, I want to talk about. I want to you know congratulate uh, Mike Loxley on getting the head coaching job at Maryland. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a that's you know kind of hits home. He's uh, he's recruited a lot of kids around that program and in, in the Maryland area and Washington D.C. So he's got connections there. I think mm-hmm. a good job. You know, depending on who he kind of hires around him and, and feels on his staff. Uh, so we wish him the best uh, as, he, uh, as he takes over that head coaching job as soon as he's finished, uh, hopefully winning another championship for Alabama. Yeah, and uh, Also, uh, I'm glad to see that that, that Saban is going to promote Danny Enos to be the, the new offensive coordinator. I don't think we can talk enough about the job that Danny Enos has done with the quarterbacks down there. Jalen Hurts is a totally different player than he was uh, this time last year. He is he is drastically improved, and uh, I think Dan Enos has a lot to do with that. And uh, I agree. Nice to see him get that that coordinating job. I think he's a really good coach. He had he had a few good years at Central Michigan as their head coach before he he went to be the offensive coordinator for Brett Bielema in, in Arkansas, and he done a great job with the uh, with the uh, was the Allen brothers. Is that was that was that their last names yeah. uh, at I Arkansas. Think- yeah, I think so. Uh, he done a good job with with, him, with them there. You know, they, they developed into really good college quarterbacks. Uh, so, Dan Enos is obviously a really good coach, so it's good to have him as the new offensive of coordinator. And he, I think he'll bring a little bit more of a pro-style attack to, to the album offense when he kind of can put his stamp on the, on the team. And also, I want to – you know, a lot of people have thought this was a bad move. By Saban, for bringing you know, kind of giving getting some advice from DJ Durkin, the former yeah. Maryland coach who who was dismissed after he had a player uh, pass away, and obviously that's an unfortunate incident. and And anybody with common sense knows that DJ Durkin did not. I mean, obviously, it's not like it was he committed murder or anything, right? He mishandled the situation. His training staff mishandled the situation. And unfortunately it cost a young man his life. Right. And I'm sure there's nobody in the world that feels more guilty about that than DJ Durkin. Yeah. So Saban has always looked to give guys, you know, second chances and, and kinda to reestablish their career. He done it with Lane Kiffin, he he's done it with Butch Jones and yep. and, and all all DJ's doing is being a consultant. He's <laughs> helping them prepare for Oklahoma. He's a defensive-minded coach, so he's just getting it some extra input. He, he's not having any interaction with, with Alabama players. Nope. He's not even been on the campus. I believe it's just been phone calls and, you know, film work. And there's nothing wrong with that. And people who think there's something wrong with it, you need to get off your high horse and not be a self-righteous prick. I mean, yeah. that's, that's just the truth behind it. So there's been a lot of coaching moves around. And we're, we're excited about uh, obviously, the direction of Album's program—it's it, just—it's—it's yeah. it's unbelievable the sustainability that the program has had under Nick Saban. And it's unbelievable the
1: amount of coaches that have gone on to be head coaches under the, under his guidance. I mean, it's—I mean, college football is flooded with with Nick Saban, you know, minds and Nick Saban top coaches. I mean, it's unbelievable, you know. And, it, uh, it really
0: is, and, and he just and Saban just keeps. You know, plugging somebody else in there and and keeps winning championships. Yeah, <laughs> it will be to me uh, talking about coaching moves. It'll be interesting to see how uh Kirby Smart adjusts after losing Mel Tucker. Yeah, He'll be the coach, I believe at Colorado. Yep. So uh, you know now Kirby's going to start losing assistance after having su- some success. So we'll see how he adjusts to that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, there's a lot of bowl games coming up. Uh, I can't wait till the playoff. Starts here in a couple weeks. Yep. It's good to see, too, on the practice field moving around. He seems like he's making a a good recovery. Yep. And so there's a lot of football still to be played. Uh, And we're going to be here with you throughout the whole ball season and then past the ball season, past the playoff. We're going to be here with you uh, hopefully weekly from here on out. So I agree. So we're having a good time. We hope you're enjoying it. Uh, we're gonna wrap this one up. If Jake doesn't have anything else to add to it,
1: no, I'm good to go, buddy.
0: All right. Well, listen, y'all give us a follow on Twitter at double cub underscore pod. Uh, you can follow me uh, at Blackwood eighty nine. Jake, tell them where they can follow you at. Uh, it's at it's at jth double cub. All right. So you know our our uh, usernames. Uh, so give us a follow. Remember, you can use the hashtag double coverage. And uh, we try to interact with everybody on Twitter that, that, that sends us something. So tweet at us. Let us know what you think. If you got something you want us to talk about, we'll talk about it.
1: Yeah. Thank you for all of our fans as well. Who's
0: Yeah, we're, you know. we're enjoying the interaction that we've had so far on, on Twitter. And, and yes. the last week has, has really – we've really started to, to boom in the last week or so. We've gained 40-plus yes, we followers in the last – 10 days or so so that's amazing it's really fun we're having a y'all um we hope you're enjoying it and uh we hope y'all have a good weekend and y'all stay safe see y'all